Welcome to the FUMS Now podcast show, where you'll gain information, inspiration, and motivation for living your best life with multiple sclerosis. Find us online at FUMSnow.com. I'm your host, Kathy Reagan Young. Today's guest has almost five decades of experience with MS and has learned lessons along the way that she'd like to share with us today. But before we meet her, I want to remind you that I have a membership community to help you find and create flexible remote work that allows you to work from anywhere and take care of yourself while generating an income. Imagine that, taking care of your health while making money. There are trainings, job listings, and a super supportive community waiting for you to join. Go to patientsgettingpaid.com to learn more or join right now. Hope to see you on the inside. Sue Casey's been dealing with MS for almost 50 years. In fact, when she was diagnosed, there were no MRIs or any type of testing to make the diagnosis. She's weathered many MS storms and has a lot of wisdom to share with us today, including her catchphrase, grab the happy. I love it. And her. Welcome, Sue. Hey, Kathy. I'm so glad to be here. I'm really happy to do this. I've actually gotten to know Sue because she's in the Patients Getting Paid membership. And she's just a joy. So I wanted to share the joy that is Sue with everyone and hear about her MS journey for almost 50 years. That's crazy. So, Sue, if you don't mind, let's start what I call PMS, pre-MS, before MS. What did your life look like before you had any symptoms or diagnosis? Well, I was 19, um, living in an apartment with a girlfriend who ended up being our maid of honor. And my, my now husband was away at the Air Force Academy, so I was having a long-distance romance with him. We went to high school together. And I was working, just regular clerical work. My mom lived back east, and my brother, who was 16, lived with my dad. Not much. Yeah. You know, it was a regular life. The normal. Yeah. And my girlfriends, this is what we did. We'd work all day, do it, and then we'd go out dancing. Yay. That was our going to dance dance clubs. I don't know if we called them that back then, but we loved it. Oh, fun. Okay, so then what happened? What were your first symptoms, and and what did you do? Spring of 74, I woke up one morning with a a numb thumb. Numb thumb. Yep, numb thumb. And I didn't know what to make of that. And I believe I, I might have panicked a little bit, but I went to the emergency room. Oh, I'm surprised now looking back that I did that. But I don't know, yeah, my brother drove me there, and they just told me to go see my regular doctors. By the time I got into the appointment to my general doctor, my uh, leg, one of my legs, I think it's my right leg, was starting to tingle and be oh, kind of weak. Gosh, and that doctor said to me. Well, just quit crossing your legs at work. Oh, that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I thought that things got a little bit better, but then I started having double vision. Oh. And then I thought, oh, something's up. So I called my, my regular doctor. He suggested I go to a neurologist. I did. And that started a whole thing of in and out of the hospital couple times for what now that I think about it I mean they did one diagnostic test that and then they and they did do one they did do a, a lumbar puncture oh they did okay that I was one of my questions I didn't know if yeah, they did that it didn't show anything 
Oh. Um, and they did this pneumoencephalogram. Mm. Now, I don't think they do those very often anymore because they have MRIs now. Yeah. Yeah. That was my question. They didn't have any MRIs then. So I was going to say, was it just their best guess? But this test, probably coupled with anecdotal evidence, like whatever you saying or whomever saying, I have numbness and tingling and, and that and weakness and those sorts of things. I would imagine they had to put those kind of put those things together, right? And make kind of their best guess to make a diagnosis well, at that point. It, it remained a best guess because what the pneumoencephalogram proved yeah. was that I did not have a brain tumor. That's it. Yeah, I mean, we still talk today about it being, you know, a diagnosis of exclusion, but it's much easier now because we have evidence like, you know, on the MRIs and and whatnot. But back then it really was, you know, exclusionary. Okay, you don't have a brain tumor, must be MS. (laughs) And the only thing that they told me to to look ahead at was because they did not mention MS. They just said, let us know if there are any other symptoms. Oh, gosh. You know, let us know how things go. And things got a little bit better. But then there was this time I was, I was I still had some symptoms. And I was on the phone with my, my brother. I don't know how he came up with this. Thank you to my brother. He said, have you ever considered that you might have multiple sclerosis? He was 16. Holy cow. Yeah. And I said, I've wondered, and I'll talk to my doctor. And they said, it's a possibility, but the only way we'll know is if you have symptoms come back and they get better and come back, you know, like relapse. I don't even know if they have a name for relapsing or anything back then. Right. They didn't delineate them. Did they say anything to you about, you know, heat and hot water? Because I know at one point, a long time ago, that was one of their diagnostic tests. They'd put you in hot water. And if your symptoms worsened, then they well, called it MS. Isn't that crazy? That would have been a good thing. They, they had to haul me out. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But, but no, that, that was never mentioned. Oh. Never. So how did your friends and family react? Well, I don't think anybody really knew what it meant. What that was, yeah. No, no. And they couldn't really feel what was wrong with me. You know, people can't feel. Right. I really wasn't limping terribly. I didn't have anything visible. Yeah. Until one day I got off work. I was at a mall and I was shopping and and I started to limp badly. I mean, scary. I was like, oh, all of a sudden. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. I had my girlfriend, my roommate was at work. I didn't want to bother her. My my future husband was gone. I didn't have, I didn't know where to go. Mm. And I, I needed family. Scary. And yeah. Um, so I thought I'm going to go see my boyfriend's mother. I had met them. That was it. I spent maybe a little time with my future in-laws. And so I went, this is so, I remember, I will remember this. Um, and I do, she's, ah, she's a wonderful woman. I went to the front door. I knocked on the door. She, of course, knew who I was. She opened the door. And I looked, you know, upset. I was, I was crying. Oh. And she said, Sue, Sue, what's wrong? Come in, come in, come in. And she took me over to this chair. She said, sit down, sit down. And she said, I'll be right back. And 
she comes back with a shot with Jack Daniels. <laughs> My kind of woman. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> that's that's it. Nobody knew enough about it to be scared. Right, right. Just uh, quite the mystery. Did you tell your employer about what was going on? Or did you just keep it quiet? I couldn't help it. Yes, yes. Uh, I had to take time to go in the hospital for those couple of days. And there was, I remember this one day I was back at work trying to do what I was supposed to do. I think I worked in the personnel apartment, department or something. But anyway, I picked up a piece of paper and went to take it into my boss's office. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that I couldn't feel it, but I'm just walking along and it had dropped out of my hands. And ever, the six people in the office saw that. And I went, I got into my boss's office and I said, here's this, oh. Oh, you didn't know you had dropped it because you couldn't feel it. Wow. Wow. So they knew. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty obvious at that point. The doors to the Patients Getting Paid membership community are now wide open. This is a community of people with chronic illness learning to find and create flexible remote work that accommodates their health. I call us chronicpreneurs. There are trainings, coaching calls, networking opportunities, co-workings, and a ton of resources. Want to take better care of yourself and still generate an income? Join us at patientsgettingpaid.com. know you had said that your doctor told you never to marry or have children, but happily you went against that advice, didn't you? <laughs> you uh, I guess rebel. So. Yes, <laughs> I did. How long have you been married? Oh gosh, 46 years, I think. Wow, 40, fantastic. I've been married in 76. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so great. And you always express to me how supportive your husband is too. It's just, it's just lovely. The relationship that you've shared with me, it's just so lovely. He is, he's, he's extremely helpful. He, you know, I'm the wife, so we get a little bit bossy. Me, wife. <laughs> what? You know, I don't know what you're talking about. Takes one, no one. <laughs> but I feel bad, but he can't feel how I feel. He tries so hard to just anticipate every single thing I want. And he does a good job. Gosh, he's become an excellent cook, too. You need to clone this guy. I hear all these women leaning in right now going, okay, how did you do that? Yeah, well, it was when in high school, when he brought me that Valentine's Day card that I was, I really had been noticing him before he gave me this Valentine's Day card. And I'm just like crazy in love. Years later, he says, oh, that Valentine's Day card, did you notice there was a footprint on it? And it was in Spanish. (laughs) And I said, no, I don't remember that. I didn't care. Love is blind. It was. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been on any of the MS meds? Once. Two weeks on Capaxone back in 2000, and I started to itch. Oh, you and that was magic. it. Yeah, that was it. And 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 it's kind of like 
Uh, this is how I think of myself. Picture when you're watching the Olympics and there's that line with swimmers, the swimmers ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've been ahead of it. And, you know, okay, I went. They didn't have anything while I was relaxing or knitting. They didn't have anything. Right. And then by the time they had something, I had secondary progressive. Mm. Oh, we don't have anything for that. Yeah. Right. So obviously you've been dealt a difficult hand here, but you certainly don't wallow in it or live in the what ifs and you're not negative or angry. I mean, you, you're quite amazing. Uh, in fact, you're just the opposite of those things. Tell everyone about your mantra, grab the happy. I love this. Oh, well, one, I feel blessed that I've been able to ease into this disease. You know, if I possibly... If I was in a wheelchair like I am now, when I was first diagnosed, I would be in a whole different mindset. You know, my husband said to me, you didn't used to want to reach out at the beginning Mm. to other people with MS. I said, no, I didn't. I didn't want to know how bad it could get. I didn't want to see that because I wasn't that bad. So I just lived my life. I got married. I had two children. Um, you know, I was a nursery nurse for years. So I, I was blessed. Mm. But now I say, for instance, uh, grab the happy. It's like the thought of MS is completely out of my mind when my grandson looks at his Mima. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, I start to cry. So that moment, that MS, yeah. who cares? There's that. Or, or uh, on a more funny note, who would have ever imagined that I would enjoy folding hand towels? <laughs> right. But I do. You grabbed your happy. Yeah, I grabbed that. It was like, you know, I used to look, think about folding towels and going, oh, geez, I got to do the laundry. Right. But I've got this great walk in closet with drawers and cabinets, and I figured out a way. I can't do big towels because I can't really lift them. Yeah. But hand towels, washcloths, and I have a system, and I feel so accomplished. Yeah. It's like, appreciate the, the smaller things. I am very blessed. This has worked out. I live on a suburban lake. Our, the, I go out our back door and there's a, our patio and dock. And I look out there and I, here's a moment. I, there's a, I don't know what, you, what kind of bird this is. Looks like an owl, but it's not. Or, or it looks like a penguin. I don't know what the name of those are. Hmm. Um, I know I have to get it. There's an app for that. Yeah, I don't um, know what it is, but now I'm dying to know what kind of <laughs> yeah, I know. bird you got yeah. there. But I named him. I named him Gilbert. Oh. I don't know why. <laughs> but, but I'll look outside and say, "Oh, honey, Gilbert's out here again. We haven't seen him in you know." Um, I just, I just, there's just certain little things that it's like, wait, this is what matters. Yeah, yeah, this is what matters. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I you've you've made me so happy with 
the noticing and the and the um, being mindful and and yeah. you've taught me a lot about that and I'm so grateful that you're coming on my show to to share this with everybody because you're just okay. really a joy to be around to be honest I've told I told you this I think the second or third time that we met and I said it's like I feel like I get a hug from you every time you pop on the Zoom call and you exude kindness and love and joy. And, you know, some people in your situation would not exude any of those things. And in fact, just the opposite. But you're obviously doing better because of that. And that was a decision that you have made, which is the point I'm trying to bring to people. At some point, you do have a decision to make, no matter how good or how bad your life is, right? And your decision to notice the little things and be grateful for them and and be kind of in the moment and not not thinking the what ifs and all the horribleness that could be coming your way because let's be honest i always say ms is like a like life magnified because bad things could be coming to anyone at any time that's the truth and it's just like it's been magnified for us because we got a diagnosis, which to me just means you get a heads up, right? And so you get to notice the things and, and be grateful for the little things. And you just exemplify that. And obviously, you're a happy person because of that. Well, most of the time, I think about when, yes, I'm sitting in a wheelchair, but I still notice that happy. Yeah. So I'm sitting down. Yeah, I'd rather be standing up, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> because my view out our bedroom window is way better than my husband's is because <laughs> I'm lower and I can see the clouds in the sky. That is so great. I love that. So everybody, what we need to take from this is grab the happy. I mean, just look around you and find what makes you happy and grab it. And, yeah. and just concentrate on that. I love it. Thanks so much for being here today, Sue. I adore you, and I am so grateful to have you in my life and in the Patients Getting Paid membership where I get to see you all the time. So one more thing before we go. We here in the FUMS Nation speak to the stupid diseases it deserves, and we tell it FUMS every day. If you would, please, Sue Casey, lead us in our salute to the bastard with middle fingers extended, of course. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, we're going to do it on three. Ready? One, two, three. F-U-M-S. Perfect. Thanks, Sue. You bet. Quick shout out to Steve Woodward at podcastingeditor.com for the fantastic work on this podcast, including editing, show notes, and ingenious ideas. If you'd like help with your podcast, whether you're just starting out or an old pro, visit podcastingeditor.com and tell Steve I sent you. Thanks, everybody. I really appreciate you listening to the FUMS Podcast Show. Be sure to subscribe to it so you won't miss an episode. You can do that right on the website at FUMSnow.com. While you're there, sign up for the free email list so you'll be among the first to know of any new findings in MS research, new therapies and products, as well as any blog posts and podcast episodes I release. Want to chat with others in the FUMS community? Join us on Facebook at FUMS Now. Thanks again, and don't forget to talk to the stupid disease as it deserves. Tell it FUMS every day.